I admit to being freaked out about podcasting until I discovered Anchor. First off, it's free. It has creation tools that allow me to record and edit podcasts. Most importantly to me, it distributed my podcast to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a lot of others. Yeah, it also allows me the opportunity to make money on my podcast, which is a win. But most important overall, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's a huge win. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Peach Basket. Welcome back. We are the Peach Basket, voice of the fan and home of fan experts. We exist to amplify the voice of passion basketball fans worldwide. And tonight, we continue our NBA previews with the Boston Celtics. I'm excited to be joined once again by Daniel. Daniel has been with the Peach Basket, I'm pretty sure, for Three seasons. This will be the third season now, which boggles the mind. Uh, he's absolutely a, a, an OG and really the epitome of, of what a fan expert is. Um, fan expert something that kind of came about when I started to realize over the pandemic that the Stephen A's of the world, and I hate to throw out names, but any analyst you've got really had nothing on us. They were watching the same games from their living room back in the pandemic days because they couldn't go to the games. And there, and, and there really is no difference between the game they watch, the game we watch. And I was amazed by the level of, you know, the analytical mind and the level of depth behind the stuff that Daniel wrote and others like him wrote. They really, truly are fan experts. Not all of the best NBA analysts are on ESPN or TV. Some of them exist right here. And I'm excited to have one of them here today. He is a Celtics fan. Uh, he knows the team well, and uh, we're going to talk about him today. I'm a West Coast guy. I admit I'm not really uh, up to speed with a lot of the East Coast teams. Of course, I know the Celtics. I know the players. I know the teams, or I know uh, you know their team makeup, but kind of superficially. So I'm real excited to get to know uh, the Celtics. I think they are probably one of the teams with the greatest turnover. Um I, I can't, I'm just saying that subjectively. I have no idea, but I know that they had a lot of turnover. So I'm excited to talk about who left, who's in, and what their prospects look like. So, Daniel, welcome. I hope you had a good offseason and, and that you're excited to talk Celtics tonight. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely excited. Right on. I, I figured that was an easy, that was a softball <laughs> question. Let's start with who is new. Players added to the Celtics, and then we'll talk about, you know, who they replaced, who's out. So I know it's kind of a long list. Who's who's new in the uh, green this season? Well, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of turnover happened. Uh, and the biggest new person, and I guess you can say he's new, he's not really new, but he is, is Brad Stevens. He's new in a new role that he's never done ever in his life before. And people were wondering, does he do some dumb trades? Is what's How's Brad Stevens going to be? And in my opinion, it could be a little biased. I think Brad Stevens absolutely nailed the Celtics offseason with the like pieces they had to like get players. Uh, they got Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, who 
I mean, I don't think a single human being in the world would have predicted at the beginning of last year the Celtics would be able to get him, but they got him for about $5 million, which is a complete steal, regardless of all these jokes and all these things about him being bad or whatever. He's still a really good point guard in the league, and getting him for $5 million is an absolute steal for the Celtics. Uh, Al Horford makes his return. Uh, same with Ennis Cantor. Uh, there's also Juancho Hernan Gomez, a new coach in town, Ime Odoka. Uh, and then they got a bunch of uh, training camp guys fighting for a battle. Garrison Matthews, Juwan Morgan, Bruno Fernando, Sam Hauser, who's won their two ways, and Ryan Archie, Diacono, and Theo Pinson. So a bunch of end-of-the-people, bench people. And the reason I mentioned that, though, is because compared to if – I mean, Celtics fans who are listening to this know this. Danny Ainge didn't really get established uh, NBA players on the bench. It was kind of a lot of projects, a lot of second-round picks, late first, like – uh, Shemi Ojale's, Shemont Waters kind of players. And that really hurt the Celtics. They asked Tatum and Brown to do so much. And when it came to the bench, it, the lead was gone. It was horrible. So uh, Stevens goes out and gets all these veterans who are capable of scoring off the bench or defending off the bench. And I think it makes this team so much better. So I love Stevens offseason, and that's all the new Celtics additions. So of those new additions you just rattled off, who do you think – I think you kind of hinted at it when you when you rattled off the list, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Who do you think is going to have the greatest impact? I'm actually going to go with Al Horford. Okay. I don't think he's going to be the best player, but your question was greatest impact, and I mm-hmm. think his play style is the most perfect thing next to the Jays. He can spread the floor. He says he's in the best shape of his career. So does the coach. The coach says he looks amazing. So – Al Horford, he can switch on the guards. He's a little bit older, but they're saying he looks like the same Al Horford. So, and, and also the thing that the Celtics have lacked, locker room presence. Every single player has been asked about Al Horford, and every single player said the exact same thing. Like he is the biggest voice in the room and everyone listens, and that's awesome. So I think Horford's got a pretty big impact back in Boston. It's interesting how much of an impact players like that have, right? Uh, you know, LeBron specifically was you know, hated to see uh, Jared Dudley go not because he was putting up 20 and 10, but because he was a locker room presence guy. He was a glue guy. And and those players matter. Um, and uh, the nice thing about Horford, I think he might be able to do that, but he's going to put up points too. He's yeah. going to play really well. So that's, I mean, that that's a win-win situation. Schroeder has, you know, you, you touched on this a little bit. Uh, you, know, you take away all of, you know, the, the, the money that he might've walked away from, the money that he got with the Lakers and the Celtics. If you just take a look at him as a player, um, I got to see him up close, right, last season, and I, I think he's a really good player. I think he is a great complementary piece, right? Um, he really excelled in that six-man role before he came to the Lakers, um, and I don't think it's because he's a six-man necessarily, but I think it's because he doesn't he, – he, he needs to feed off stars. And the Celtics have got stars for him to feed off of. Uh, for whatever reason, the fit didn't work in L.A. because, I mean, they were two of the biggest stars in the game, but it just didn't click. And sometimes, you know, that happens. But I think it, it, I think Boston is a really good fit for Schroeder specifically. Do you agree or, 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 or you talked about the money and the deal, which is, is undeniable. But as a player, do you think he's going to be a fit? Yeah, um, I'm just like you. I saw Schroeder from the Hawks days when they played the Celtics in the place postseason. Yeah. Um, and just it's today's internet where it gets blown out of proportion. Schroeder is not a bad basketball player. And there's right. people going around, like you said, making fun of that contract thing, whatever. 
big deal. They're NBA players. They're getting paid probably like a hundred times more than we're making right now. So I think Schroeder making five million. I think he's going to be just all right. But anyways, they they talk about that contract, but they don't realize that he's still a really good player. And yes, like you said, he didn't really fit well with the Lakers, and that's kind of just Schroeder's game. But for the Celtics, they're asking him to be a playmaker off the bench. And as you mentioned, that's where he strived in OKC, in Atlanta. He was an amazing sixth man because he was the playmaker off the bench. He would give you 19 points or whatever, then he'd give you 10 assists. And that's what he was supposed to do, and that's what he's going to do. He's not asking for a starting role. He's asking just to be a contributor, help the Jays out, help the shooters out, do whatever he needs to do, and he'll do it. And hopefully he gets paid next offseason. My prediction, he will get paid next offseason more than people think he will. And all these jokes can go to go to waste because they're annoying. Anyways, I love the shooter signing for the money and just for the fit as well. Right on. Yeah, I, I have a feeling he's going to blossom uh, in Boston in ways he didn't in L.A. Um, all right, let's take a look now at, at who the Celtics lost. We, you know, we said a lot of turmoil. You rattle off a whole lot of new players. That means a lot of players left who will no longer uh, be be wearing a Celtic green. I think one of the main people who no one's talking about anymore is that Tristan Thompson's no one on the Celtics. And I think it's been talked about, but I don't think people understand that he's on the Kings. I had to yeah. look it up the other day and be like, wait, he's yeah. really on the Kings. I thought he, cause he got traded from the Hawks to the Kings. I'm like, Whoa, they just put him down there. So, cause I mean, the Tristan Thompson experience was horrible. It didn't really work out so well and he was overpaid, but anyway, speaking of overpaid to Kemba Walker, he's gone as well. Uh, at the time, seemed like an amazing fit. Kem- Kyrie Irving left. They replaced an all-star point guard with an all-star point guard. But Kemba had knee issues, and he didn't really play like a max player even close to one. He played like an all-star, but not really a max player. So he got uh, traded and waived. Uh, Danny Ainge, after being the GM for the Celtics, or president for the Celtics for a very long time, he's gone. He stepped away from basketball right now. Uh, Evan Fournier, who they traded for at the deadline, he's gone. He's in New York with Kemba Walker. Tremont Waters, Semi Ojale, Taco Fall. End of the bench pieces, talk of fall, fan favorite. No longer. He's not gonna be in Boston anymore. He's back in he's in Cleveland right now. Right. But like I mentioned earlier, those end of the bench pieces, if you just think about it, the Tremont Waters, Semi Ojales replaced with Juancho Hernan Gomez, Dennis Schroeder. It's definitely an upgrade. So realistically, I'm not I mean, Evan Fournier is a little bit of a blow, but I think the other guys, I think it's kind of the best case that the Celtics lost them. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I look at the list and, and, and I kind of temper that against the people that, that came in, I, I, I absolutely see you know, apples to apples. I, I see a match across the board. So, you know, and in some cases, I think, you know, the Celtics got better. And, and let me ask you that question because you're a lot more qualified to answer it than I am. Did the Celtics get better this offseason? Oh, yeah. yeah. I could take off my unbiased cap. I think they're definitely a way better basketball team than they were last year. They addressed all the flaws, and yes, they're definitely better basketball team. All right. I, I, I'm going to go off script here, and I, I'm, I'm going to do that because you and I have been talking for, for a long time, and I, and I know you can handle it, and I, and I don't think that there's any real issue here. But I have an opinion about what Boston needs to take that next step, right? Every team in the history of the NBA, with few exceptions, has had to battle. Right. So the win, you know, a first round series, losing the second round, losing the second round, make it to the conference final, lose, lose, and then break through. That's kind of been the Celtics history, right? They've been great, but they just haven't been able to get to the promised land. What do you think this season? They've gotten better. What do you think is the key for the Celtics to break through? I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts. 
you know, from the outside looking in. But what do you think is is the key for the Celtics? Truthfully, health. Yeah. Um, I'll discuss this a little later on, but I think this team is ready to contend now. Uh, but if they're healthy, because as everyone knows, the Celtics have not been healthy for the past, what, four years. Every single day there's a new injury. And if they're healthy, this team is really, really good defensively, especially. I think they're going to be a top five defensive team. That's not necessarily mm. a bold take at all. Offense is a little bit of a question mark. We'll see what happens there. But I think this team, like, I don't know. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. So I, I think that yeah. they're fine the way they are right now. Okay. See, my take, and, and again, I'm on the outside looking in, but I'm a fan of Jason Tatum's game. I think he's, he's just, he's smooth. He's good. Um, I think he has to take a step up. I think he's been all-star level and, you know, he's got to get to superstar level. And I forget who it was a year or so ago who said that there's only about five or six of players like that in the NBA. I think Jason Tatum's got to be that player. Not necessarily, you know, for the Celtics, you know, to, to, to take that next level. Although obviously they would if he did, but because I think that's his progression. I think he's that good. I think he can take this next step. I think he can, you know, kind of take the Kobe step, right? Because I know he's a he was he, he's he's very close to Kobe. He followed that 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 type of game, and and I I'd like to see Jason Tatum. I mean, just take that step. And he's been so good for so long, and he's just on the precipice. But he's knocking on the door of greatness, uh, and I'm talking superstar greatness. Um, and obviously that's going to help the Celtics. I mean, am I off base there? Or obviously nobody's going to say, no, we don't want to see that happen. But do you think that can happen for him? Yes. Yeah. Simple. I think Team USA is going to, was a huge, huge like confidence and like mental boost for him to understand where he is in the league and when in the world. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. It, playing with the greatest against the greatest uh, helps, uh, no doubt. All right, everything goes good for the Celtics. Um, we're we're going to kind of put on this 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 fantasy for 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 uh, for the moment because you mentioned you know injuries are are, are crit- critical. They and they've hurt the Celtics. They hurt every team. I mean, injuries are the worst. But if everything goes well for the Celtics, what is their ceiling? What is where can we expect to see them at season's end? I hope that people who end up watching this don't end the video after I say this, but I think the Celtics team could be an NBA Finals team. And the reason why I'm saying that is look at the Bucks last year. People thought, oh, Brooklyn has a big three. They're winning yeah. the championship. Just don't even play the playoffs. Just have the Lakers, Nets in the postseason. Yeah, There's a reason why we play the regular season and the postseason. Because if it was just like we script it, then it would have been the Nets and Lakers. And none of those yeah. teams even made the conference finals. So I think there could be a few injuries. I mean, a few injuries probably have to happen to uh, other teams. I'm not wishing upon any injury, but I'm just saying, like, the Bucks got a little lucky. Harden wasn't fully 100%. Uh, Kyrie Irving was out. Uh, I'm not taking away the championship. Let's not twist my words. But still, I think the Celtics team can play the Nets really well. Fully healthy Nets team. I think they could defend them. Uh, offensively, it might be a little bit of a problem, as I mentioned earlier. But I think defensively, they have a little – like they got some good answers for them defensively. Um, I think that's really the only real threat I'm scared of as a Celtics fan is the Nets and probably the whole NBA is everybody else in the East. I can see Boston beating. Like I'm not, maybe I'm delusional, but I feel like this team is going to be so good this year. It's going to surprise a lot of people. All right. All right. You know, every team, it's the beauty of the preseason, right? Every team 
thinks they can get to the finals. I think what's different about the Celtics is they've got a history to back it up uh, and they've got a good off season to back it up. I, I don't disagree. I think this team has got to be finals or bust. Um, and uh, they, they, they've got to find a way to get there. Um, I think you've hinted at this also, but I'm going to ask it, you know, we talked about what happens uh, if everything goes right, but what's the biggest concern? What could derail this team this season? I'm not going to go too long. It's, I have two answers. One of them, I'm not going too long to, into. It's uh, health, like yeah. we mentioned. Every team has it, but the Celtics have had it, been a little worse. So hopefully they don't get through this all over again. Uh, and the second one is shooting. I've hinted, hinted as this, at this as well throughout this uh, stream. Um, I'm not really sure about the offense. Obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to get some points. Uh, Dennis Rose get some points. Uh, Al Holford, Smart, they'll get some points. But they need shooting. And if you look at a couple of their big acquisitions, uh, Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder, they both shot 33% from the field last year. And there's going to be a lot of uh, games this year where it's Schroeder, Richardson, Brown, Tatum, and whatever, uh, Robert Williams or whatever. And then there's not really much shooting. So they can just attack Brown and Tatum and then dare Schroeder and Richardson to shoot and they'll live with the results. And that scares me a little bit. Yes, Richardson's defense kind of like makes up for his lack of offensive game and shooting, but also it could hurt the Celtics quite a bit, and that could they could attack them like that and be like, okay, we'll let Richardson shoot, and then it comes a point where he's missing all these threes. They have to take him out. They need to bring in like a Neesmith to shoot the three. So shooting scares me a little bit. Um, besides that, not really much. Defense was a huge problem last year for the Celtics. This year, I don't think it's be a problem at all. So I say just shooting and the main one for almost every single team in the league health. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. No, great, great perspective. I think shooting, it's a shooter's league, right? Uh, the NBA has changed so much. If you can't shoot and 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 teams can 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 start to kind of dare you, uh, knowing that they're going to miss and kind of clog the middle, that, that changes the dynamic. Um, and it's an interesting perspective. Um I, I forgot. I'm going to take a step back because I did forget to mention that um, we have a, a, another uh, Nick's uh, fan expert on our team, uh, Nick, who um, wrote you know his thoughts down. And I wanted to share one with you because we talk about the, the ceiling. He went about it a little different because uh, I don't think he would disagree with you that, you know, the finals is, is very likely for the Celtics. But he interestingly said that he sees them coming in at number three in the East. Now it doesn't mean they're not going to win the title. Titles have been won at three, obviously. Um, but that's interesting. Number three behind, um, and I, I, I'm going to actually take some time to look this up. So, but let's start with that. Do What do you think about that? Do you, do you think three is too high, too low, or just about right? I mean, me and Nick are pretty eye to eye on almost everything Celtics related. And I think this is uh, one of the examples right here. I kind of see that too. Uh, for me, it's a toss-up between Milwaukee and Boston, but I, I would get the slight edge to Milwaukee in the regular season. Milwaukee's a really good team, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I see. I think third is kind of where I put him at too. Yeah, and he's got the Bucks. Uh, interestingly, and the Sixers finishing above them. The Sixers are a big question Wait, mark right now. I'm not. Where sure. do you have the Nets? Oh, it's, maybe it's the Nets, and because oh, I, I, I caught the Sixers, and then he says drama and and getting worse. So I'm trying to read this with my side eye. Oh, so okay, I, okay. I'm like, I, I might, I might be misreading this. Yeah, because the Nets make a lot more sense, right, than the box. 
Um, and who knows what's happening with the Sixers? I don't think the Sixers know what's happening. The Sixers. Is Simmons playing because he wasn't going to, and then there's a report he's thinking about it because of the money. And if he does play, is he going to give it his all, or is he just going to be that little person who doesn't want to be there, so I'm not even going to play my full potential so I won't get injured? Right. So I'm not really scared of the Sixers this year. Yeah, no, and I I have to correct myself. Nick, I'm sorry if you're watching this. <laughs> yeah, he did say the Nets and the Bucks. Um, he doesn't feel Miami is going to be good enough, uh, which is going to upset Isaac on our team. But that yeah. take it up with Nick. Um, and uh, yeah, the Sixers are, are we're actually previewing the Sixers next week, which will be really interesting. Um, we have a new lead writer for the Sixers. I'm excited to talk to him about about that team. But yeah, they're a big question mark right now. Um, so good. Yeah, you, you, you think definitely home court advantage first round top three uh, for, for the Celtics. Oh, yeah. um, OK. Well, let's finish with this then. We talked about who's in. We talked about who's gone. And we talked about the ceiling. And we talked about the biggest concern. Bold prediction time. Um, some people have them. Some people don't. Do you have a bold prediction for the 2021-22 Boston Celtics? You kind of talked about this earlier, Jose. I'm going to say it out loud for you. At the end of this season, Jason Tatum will be top three in the MVP voting. Okay. He will I stole your thunder, man. Sorry. I'm going to put it even further. He's going to average 30-plus points per game this year. Wow. 30-plus in a top three MVP. I Yeah, that, 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 I, I don't want to say that's got to happen for this team to have the success that you envision for them, but I think it needs to happen for Jason Tatum because he can do it, right? That, this is something that, that's attainable for him. It's going to happen soon. It's either this year, next year, or the year after. But I think it's this year that he's going to do it. He's so confident. All these legends, like Paul Pierce said this, their coaches are saying this. Tatum, just attack the basket more. You'll get foul calls. And if he gets those foul calls, then that point – look at Harden. He just goes all the way up to the 30s because the foul calls, Steph Curry, all of them. I don't know. I feel like this is the year Tatum cements himself as a superstar in the league. Love to see it. I'm actually excited to see that. I, I you know, as a, as, a, as a West Coast guy, we're supposed to not like the Celtics, but I like Jason Tatum. I, I just think he's a good guy, good player, quality, uh, quality guy. Uh, and, and I really want to see that success for him. Outstanding. Well, great. This was this was fun. This was awesome. Uh, I'm excited, Daniel, to have you uh, contributing with us again. Uh, and I'm honestly excited to see the Celtics uh, this season. I think it's going to, the, the East has gotten better. I think, um, I, I, you know, we talk about, you know, um, the Sixers again, you know, a little messy, but certainly Miami Heat are very strong. The Bucs are the defending champs. The East uh, is not going to have a whole lot of pushovers. The, the Atlanta Hawks, for goodness sakes, who surprised some people. Last year it was the, the Phoenix Suns or the season before that that surprised people and then came up and did really good. I think that's the Hawks this season. They're going to be really good. So the East has improved. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how the Celtics do uh, in, a, in, a, in a tough conference next season. Daniel, appreciate your time. Once again, we are the Peach Basket, voice of the fan, home of fan experts like Daniel. We exist to amplify the voice of passionate basketball fans worldwide. Thanks for joining us for the Boston Celtics. Tomorrow, we're talking Miami Heat basketball. Daniel, appreciate your time. We'll talk later in the season. The voice of the fan make a noise causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming soon on air. The Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news like we're in the stands. Creative views from the average fans. The Peach